Hello, adventurers, and welcome to Episode 9 of the World of Azuria podcast. My name is Beth Ball, and I'm the author of the Age of Azuria epic fantasy series, which we'll be exploring in this show. In some episodes, we'll be swept away into the high fantasy world of Azuria as I read chapters from the novels and stories. In others, we'll dive into some of the lore behind Azuria, and I'll answer your questions about the world, characters, and more. If you enjoy high fantasy worlds, immersive settings, nature-based magic, and vivid characters, then this podcast is for you. For our first season, we're traveling through Aurora, the prequel novella for the Age of Azuria series. In this episode, I read Chapter 8 of Aurora, where Amelie copes with the aftermath of her husband's discovery of her and Doric's affair. Let's start our adventure! Amelie wasn't permitted a moment alone as they prepared for their return to Iokeep. Calderon glowered by her side as she said her goodbyes to Aurelia and Frederick. I'll explain when I can, she whispered in Aurelia's ear as they embraced. Frederick peered at her in concern. He stood back away from Amelie and Calderon, holding his son Theodric's hand. The little boy looked around the courtyard, tiny brow furrowed in confusion. Amelie guessed he was searching for Doric, whom he developed an immediate fondness for. Amelie clasped her friend's hands in hers as they parted. I will do all I can to help you find a place at court as soon as may be. She squeezed Aurelia's fingers. I don't know what I shall do without you. Aurelia blinked away tears. I know you will. Our home is always open to you should you need it. Her sea-gray eyes flickered over to Calderon and narrowed. Though she would never say it, Amelie knew Aurelia thought she'd made a mistake, but she couldn't bring herself to leave Linolin or her son. Take good care, Lady Amastasia, Frederick said, laying a hand on his wife's shoulder. We'll be all right. Forest Vale is beautiful this time of year. Amelie gave him a quick smile and blinked to clear her eyes before she turned back to Calderon. He had never understood her friendship with Aurelia, finding even the minor nobles beneath her family's notice. She met his gaze briefly before their steward handed her into the carriage and Calderon climbed in after her. It would be a quiet, tense ride back to the castle. As the countryside streamed past outside the window of her coach, Amelie's mind wandered to her stolen moments with Doric. Her pulse quickened at the memory of his fingertips caressing her neck, the press of his lips and tongue against her skin. The man across from her cared for her, certainly, but she was more of an achievement to him than a passionate partner. This truth sank into the depths of her stomach. That part of her life was lived. She wouldn't repeat it again. Amelie ran her fingers over the intricate wooden box that held Dork's amulet, tracing the grain of the wood and its patterned carving. What did he think of her, following their separation? Would his mind turn to her now and again as the years passed, his lifespan extended so far beyond hers? The one thing she asked of Calderon in their drive was that he allow her to tell her parents. Her mother burst into tears immediately and locked herself away. Her father refused to speak to her, barely looking at her whenever she was in the room. Amelie fell ill. At first, she thought her parents and husband's treatment of her caused her sickness, their prolonged disappointment, punishing her for threatening the lifestyle and rank they held so dear. The truth set in early one morning. She was expecting a child. She had a few days before anyone else would know, though the maids would likely suspect soon if they did not already. It had been months since she and Calderon had been together. Her child would be half-elven, half-human. Would the baby have Doric's auburn hair and green eyes? 
his wide, bright smile? No, she had to set aside these romantic notions. A ritual had been passed down through the generations, a way to beseech the gods to find a new home for a child growing within. Amelia allowed herself three days to nurture the child, and then she would return it to the heavens. As the sun rose on the third day, it tinged the sky a peony pink, streaked with darker shades of rose and red. Amelie knelt on the rug at the foot of her bed, the plush fibers cushioning her knees and feet. A wave of nausea swept over her, and she wrapped her arms around her abdomen, begging for a few more moments of stillness. Her time with the child was nearly spent. Tears fell into the patterned fabric. After this, she would have nothing left of her one experience of true love. She would relegate to the past everything she and Doric had shared, a small monument to happiness that she could glance back upon, a few short weeks of which her grandmother would have been proud. A person couldn't endure such prolonged heaviness of heart, consumed by doubt and regret. She would find a way, somehow, to put Doric behind her and earn Calderon's love and forgiveness. She had to find a way to forget. Amelie's stomach calmed. She closed her eyes, imagining the elf's arms wrapped around her shoulders, his delight at the news that they would have a child together. His final words had been a promise to think of her always. Could she spurn that love so quickly? In their brief time together, she had never confessed to him what she felt. His eyes glittered when he said that he loved her, and she had offered only a kiss in return. A voice whispered inside her, "'Let this be your sign, Shirah.' her grandmother's nickname for her, picked up on her nan's adventures through the Kaldaran wilds. This child could be her answer to Doric, a reciprocation of the amulet he'd left in her care. Though they would be forever apart, this child would keep him close through the years ahead. Amelie rose from her prayer position, thanking the gods for the child she and Doric would share rather than requesting that the gift be passed along. Carefully, she packed away her belongings. She would return to Aurora, where she would be free from her mother's urgings to reconsider and from Calderon's rage. She sent for Reese that afternoon and asked that he prepare for their departure. They would stay at the house by the sea, so she would only need him and a few others to accompany her. Amelie knocked on Calderon's office door, and he called her inside. I was not expecting you. He glanced up from the papers on his desk, quill poised over the family ledger. I only need a moment, Amelie said. He nodded, waiting. I am returning to Aurora, she began. Amelie held up a finger to stop his reproach. For my health and that of my child. Calderon waved the decision aside. Rudin is well and will benefit from more time in the castle, learning what it means to be at court. And your color has returned. I see no need for this extravagance. He froze, staring at her hand, which rested beneath her navel. For my health and the health of my new child, Calderon, I think it best if we return to a quiet life by the sea. Her husband's eyes compressed to glimmering coals. You, why... I won't allow it, he growled. It's not your decision. Calderon flew to his feet and banged his fist on the desk. You'll not bring a bastard into this castle. Amelie clasped her hands together to prevent their shaking. She'd heard his outbursts often enough during their years together, but they'd rarely been directed at her before the last several days. The Amastasia name is mine, Calderon, not yours to bestow, she said softly. 
I will choose whether or not my child bears it. He stared at her, mouth agape, as she turned and left the office, fingers clenched against her palms. Amelie sighed and leaned against the wall when she was safely outside her husband's quarters. Her pulse thumped in her chest, adrenaline flooding her body. Once she had calmed enough to proceed, she returned to the common area where Reese awaited her. Bruden and his nursemaid would join them soon. She left a note for her parents informing them of her decision and of her wish to be left in peace. The steward carried her remaining bags down to the waiting carriage, and they set off for Aurora. The first week was consumed with dusting, organizing, and unpacking, but soon enough, Amelie settled into a new routine of strolls around the beach and afternoons spent in the library. She filled the shelves of the large room with all of her favorite tales and Doric's recommendations as well. Her second week, a letter arrived saying that Calderon was determined to stay away and her mother's condition had worsened. Amelie dismissed it, sure that her mother would fare better with time. She took Dork's amulet from its box and wore it during her pregnancy, wishing the father's presence to keep her and the child company. Several months later, Amelie held her half-elven baby girl in her arms for the first time. Her breath caught as she studied the child. Beneath the swirls of red hair and pale, silver-white skin, the same bright green eyes that continued to haunt her dreams stared back at her. "'I'll never forget you,' she whispered. The young noblewoman blinked back tears and bent down to kiss the top of her daughter's head. She spent several days working out the name, choosing something unique for the inheritor of the matrilineal Amastasia line. Finally, she fixed upon it. Elioth. The baby chuckled and grinned the first time she said it, green eyes sparkling with delight. Shortly thereafter, Amelie put Doric's amulet away. She resolved that it was in the child's best interest to become accustomed to what it meant to be an Amastasia. Elioth would have security in this way, and a cultured upbringing. The court would learn to accept her. Doric would have been delighted with the little girl's blend of their features and her tiny pointed ears. Amelie treasured each moment doubly, knowing the girl's elven father would never learn of her existence. Calderon, she was certain, would see to that. Thank you so much for joining me for today's adventure through Aurora and the world of Azuria. If you'd like to find out more about me or my fiction, you can find me at bethballbooks.com. You can also find my books worldwide at your favorite bookstore or ask your local librarian to add them to the library catalog. To stay up to date with the world of Azuria and be the first to know about upcoming fiction projects, visit bethballbooks.com join. I would love for you to be a part of my reading community, The Story Enclave, and as a special thanks to you for a limited time, you'll receive a free ebook copy of Aurora when you sign up. If you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at BethBallAuthor or on Twitter at GroveGuardian, or you can email me, Beth at BethBallBooks.com. Today's episode is sponsored by the first novel in the Age of Azuria high fantasy series, Buried Heroes, available at bethballbooks.com shop or at your favorite bookseller. If you enjoyed our time together today and would like to hear more stories set in Azuria, you can support the podcast at ko-fi.com bethball. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com bethball. Happy travels, and I hope that we'll be adventuring together again soon.